0: Kansas City Chiefs are your Super Bowl champions for the 2022 season. What can the Steelers learn from the teams that just played for the Super Bowl? I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. Welcome to the cutting room floor. I, I want to look at what this, the Eagles and Kansas City Chiefs did in this game how they've built their teams you know the kind of things you see on their offense i want to i want to look at this not just from the standpoint of what the steelers can learn but what steeler fans should be taking away from this too there's going to be a lot of hot takes you know patrick mahomes andy Reid. There's going to be, you know, we need a a quarterback. We need a new coach. We need an offensive coach. We need, there's going to be a lot of takes. I want to dig through. I want to look at the film. I want to look at what they've actually been doing. I want to say what the Steelers really can take away from this. And also some lessons that Steeler fans need to learn. We're going to start uh, with breaking down the game a little bit here, coming to the Super Bowl, the Philadelphia Eagles had by far the better defense. They were a top 10 defense in yards, points, and turnovers. They had allowed seven points in each of their previous two playoff games. They came in against Kansas City. They were slowing them down to start. Philadelphia was scoring. And one thing happened, really to me, that set the tone for Kansas City's win. Before, the, the referees, whatever, all that stuff. And that is the splash play. Really, the only splash play on defense in this game was Kansas City. With a defensive touchdown. It was 14-7 Philadelphia. Hurts is looking to scramble on a third and five, whatever it was. Fumble, Kansas City touchdown, keeps it within 10 at the half. Not quite the play we had with James Harrison's, you know, an epic touchdown at be in the first half of uh, Super Bowl 43, to end the first half of Super Bowl 43, but it changed the first half. It kept the Kansas City Chiefs in range, and it gave them a chance to come out after halftime, reset momentum, and get something going. And they did. And that seven points mattered a lot in their second half comeback that's one takeaway that splash play to me uh was a big deal there there were no other splash plays on defense technically Jalen Hurts was sacked twice but that's for a total of negative two yards that's I mean he like that's not that's not splash plays to me that's no different really than an incomplete pass uh so that stood out. Splash plays on defense matter a lot. I just want to talk about outside of that play, the Eagles offense was doing great. They They punted twice in this game. They ended up losing. That's pretty rough to deal with, especially when you have a defense that's good and you've been blowing people out. You know, they scored 35 points. Their defense been holding people to, like, single digits. And they lost. When you look at Kansas City, obviously Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl MVP, you know, that's the story. They had the better quarterback. But that doesn't hold up. You look at the numbers, you even look at the film. Jalen Hurts had a phenomenal game. He was a much better game, in my opinion, than Patrick Mahomes had. Patrick Mahomes had a total of 226 yards, three touchdowns. Jalen Hurts, 374 yards, four touchdowns. It's hard to say Patrick Mahomes outplayed Jalen Hurts, even looking at the throws they made. Jalen Hurts made some incredible throws. Patrick Mahomes made some very good throws. But I would say overall, if you look at the really like top-tier throws, Jalen Hurts had more of them. You've got the better defense. You've got the quarterback who outplayed his opponent. At least in my opinion. And yet you lose. I also want to point out Something I've pointed out every step of the way in these playoffs. Every single game, the team that has had the more rushing yards has won. And I've had people say, well, yeah, because teams you know rush when they're ahead. And that's true. That's true. That drives a lot of the stats in regular season. That drives a lot of stats across the board. But get away. Get away from late in the game when a team has a big lead. And you'll notice it's still the teams that run the ball well that win. And also, teams that run the ball well when they have a lead don't have teams come back on them. It doesn't happen. And you look at this game, where the Chiefs didn't lead until the very end. The Chiefs weren't up by a bunch of points in this game. In fact, they weren't up. They didn't take the lead until they were already in the fourth quarter, and they were never up by enough that they sat there and they ran the clock out. But they outran the Eagles. It's even more so when you take away the quarterback's runs. Both Mahomes and Hertz ran for a decent number of yards, But when you take those quarterback yards out, Kansas City ran 20 times for 114 yards and a touchdown. Philadelphia ran 17 times for 45 yards. Three fewer rushes, 70 fewer yards. When you can run the ball without using your quarterback, you take pressure off your quarterback. You give them a break. You let them know, hey, you don't have to make every play. You can take a few less hits. You can have to make a few fewer tough throws, and you can let your teammates take care of business. The team that has run better in these playoffs has consistently won. I'm not saying uh, the passing game isn't important. I'm saying the NFL, uh, the NFL has made passing the number one threat they've legislated it that way that's how they want it to be the run game is never going to be what it used to be because the rules just simply favor passing so much but the team that runs better supporting their quarterback makes it easier for their quarterback to thrive and jalen hurts in this game was philadelphia's run game he was their number one rusher He had more yards than the rest of their run game combined. And he had three rushing touchdowns. But when you have a quarterback who is the run game and who is throwing for 300 yards, it's actually hard to win. It's hard to win in the playoffs with those kind of stats. Look at the Bills with Josh Allen. Look at the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. You have these teams that rely on their quarterback for everything, no matter how good that quarterback is, you're going to be let down. It's not going to work. You can win a very low-scoring game with basically just your quarterback, but you're not going to win against a really good team that way. It doesn't work. Unless you, you know, your defense is just ridiculously good. The Steelers have the run game. And, oh my gosh, I loved seeing comments about how, like, you know, uh, watching Andy Reid makes people sick of Matt Canada's jet sweeps. I mean, did did you see the amount of jet motion Andy Reid uses in his offense? A lot of those jet motions actually created opportunities in the run game for the running back. Something I've talked about with the Steelers. We've done little film rooms on them. But those jet sweeps open up run lanes by moving and repositioning defenders where they're easier to block. Kansas City also used it really well in the passing game. Their jet motions work well in the passing game. Matt Canada's is not that guy. And we're going to get into that. Uh, We're going to get into Andy Reid and talking about him. What what else can we take away from this? The Kansas City Chiefs didn't have any great wide receivers. Their number one receiver for receptions and targets was Juju Smith-Schuster. He was second to Travis Kelsey in yards. Travis Kelsey uh, is amazing. Um, I think he's the most dangerous offensive player in the NFL. He's literally uncoverable. And I, I, I when people brag about and, and and go on about Patrick Mahomes, I have consistently said I'm waiting to see what he can do when Travis Kelsey's no longer there. And they've kept the two of them together, and they're still dominating. I. I'm interested to see who Patrick Mahomes is when he doesn't have Travis Kelsey. I don't think he'll be on the same pedestal without Travis Kelsey. I think the same thing of Joe Burrow. I think when Cincinnati has to pay both Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, uh, it's going to be a different story in the FC North with the Bengals. It's going to be much harder for them to compete. We'll see. They don't have Andy Reid. Uh, but they didn't have great receivers, young running back, but they had a good offensive line. Kansas City Chiefs, like the Eagles, good offensive line. Three of Kansas City's offensive linemen went to the Pro Bowl, but they don't have a single one of those guys drafted in the first round. They have one second-round pick, Creed Humphrey, guy probably still familiar to Steelers fans. A lot of us wanted him in that draft. A couple of third-round picks that they brought in from other teams. An undrafted guy and a sixth-round pick. It's just an offensive line that executes. They're a good offensive line, and they play hard. They did a great job against the Eagles' defensive line. That was a big deal. An offensive line that plays really well together. They had a run game that is creative, uses a lot of motion. That was a big part of it. And in all honesty, I think that's the main part. And we're going to get into that uh, after a break here. We're going to talk about Andy Reid. We're going to talk about the Kansas City run game. And we're going to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers right after this break. Another Steeler fans, I'm your host Jeffrey Benedict. You're listening to the Cutting Room Floor. Cutting Room Floor is brought to you by what is now called our new name, the Steel Curtain Network. I like it. <laughs> we will be here all off season, talking Steelers, talking draft, talking free agency, through camp, OTAs, everything, breaking down. This team for you this offseason heading towards a 2023. And what is, in my opinion, a very big season, that is, is as it will be year number three of an offensive redesign for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And on that note, we're gonna get right into Andy Reid. Andy Reid was an offensive line coach. Wide receivers, offensive line and then quarterback coach. And then went straight to being a head coach. In the 24 years Andy Reid has been a head coach, his team has been a top 10 in scoring offense in 16 of those 24 years. Two-thirds... Of the seasons he has been a head coach, he's had a top 10 offense. In 17 of those 24 years, he's been top 10 in yards per rush. And in 9 of those 24 seasons, he's been top 10 in yet net yards per pass attempt. So, what am I saying here? Andy Reid's an offensive genius in the NFL. But he's stayed consistently great by having a good run game. Even if it's second to in volume to the passing game, it's effective. He's done this consistently, including four of his six years with Patrick Mahomes. This is a big deal because that's the strength of his offense. He sets his quarterbacks up for success by having a good run game. It's not it's not pound the rock and establish the run and and you know set up the pass by establishing a pounding running game. It's not that. But he gets good rushing going, and his quarterbacks do well. Net yards per attempt is a good measure of passing offenses. He's had top 10 finishes all six years with Patrick Mahomes. Before that, three times in 18 seasons as a head coach, he had net yards per attempt ranking in the top 10 in the NFL. Whereas he's had 13 of 18, 13 of those 18 years, he had a top 10 yards per rush attempt. That's Andy Reid. But it's also important to note that Andy Reid was a West Coast guy, brought up under Mike Holmgren, who was a West Coast offense guy. Andy Reid redesigned his offense, went through a complete redesign to have these motion run games, to use a lot of jet motion, a lot of movement, creating a lot of misdirection. That's their major creation of misdirection in this Super Bowl was off jet motion. They do run some jet sweeps, but they don't run them as much as a Matt Canada, mostly because they have the passing game that means they don't have to. And while Andy Reid is a much better pass game coordinator than Matt Canada, I'm going to go back to he had three seasons in 18 as a head coach where he was top 10 in net yards per attempt before Patrick Mahomes. You aren't a great passing team without a great quarterback. That's just the truth. Those other three seasons were Donovan and McNabb. Those other three seasons Andy Reid had and several that were close to top 10, 12th place finishes, 11, 13, those are Donovan McNabb. Six straight top 10 in net yards per pass attempt, Patrick Mahomes. If you're going to have a great quarterback, you still want to have an effective run game. If you're going to have an effective offense, you're going to want to have an effective run game. In fact, in Patrick Mahomes' first year as a starter, the Chiefs were the number one team in the NFL in yards per attempt in their run game. Number one. It's pretty good. Helps a young quarterback. The Steelers have the run game, and like I said, they're in year three of an offensive redesign to be more motion heavy, to do more outside zone, uh, different run schemes, different stuff. Matt Canada was brought in to do that, and I've I've talked about this before. I want to bring this in again, though. When they started heading in this direction, the 2019 season had ended. They didn't know what they were getting back with Ben Roethlisberger, but they saw the league moving. They saw the run game changing. They looked at their own offensive line, which in 2019 was still good, and their traditional run game and how it struggled. And they said, We got to make a change. You had Ben Roethlisberger coming back from an injury, only a couple years. Two years removed from public perception being that he got Todd Haley fired. That the team got rid of Todd Haley for him and that Randy Fechner was his coach. You had the last time Ben Rossisberger was faced with learning a new offense. He openly complained about it and about the offensive coordinator. You had an offensive line that was old, banged up. And had done it one way their entire career. And you had a team that wanted to start moving in a different direction. There's not a lot of offensive coordinators that run that more modern offense, that run that motion-heavy style, that are going to step into that job willingly. Matt Canada, whose strength is exactly that run game, Was a year out of college where he had been studying the NFL. Clearly wanted a shot to make into the NFL. Had connections with the Steelers from his time at Pitt. And is one of the better minds at running the ball with a motion-heavy offense. If If you just stop there, he's one of the better ones. They keep him on. Uh, there were rumors that he was getting looked at by other teams and the Steelers promoted him to offense coordinator because they weren't going to be able to keep him where they was. He was going to get an offensive coordinator job somewhere and they promoted him. I don't We don't know how true or false those rumors are. But looking at the NFL copycat league, everyone wants it. Everyone saw first part of 2020, the run game actually worked with Matt Canada's input on the run until teams figured out that Randy Feegner and Matt Canada's offense could easily be told apart uh, based on whether there was motion. And if there was motion, you knew it was a run play. Because Matt Canada only dealt with the run offense. So Matt Canada becomes our offensive coordinator in 2021. We're trying to on-the-fly rebuild the offensive line. It doesn't go well. We saw this year how much better it went when we got a good offensive line coach who fit the style, and we got some decent players brought in on offensive line, and it improved. That's the biggest step. That's honestly the biggest step in this rebuild, is getting the offensive line you need, and teaching them what you need them to know, and building that up. That's that's number one for this offense. Uh, you look at the Chiefs, their offensive line executes at a very high level. That's one of the key steps to it. Philadelphia, the same thing. If your offensive line executes well, you can run this offense. If they don't, you, you can't do it. Well, they've got that turned around. Look at the change from 2019 to 2022. Look at the number of players that have gone through. Look at the offensive line coaches they've gone through. In a very short order, we've gone through several offensive line coaches. We've gone through a lot of change in players, draft picks, free agents. We've brought in, there's a lot of change. The offensive line is finally getting to the point where it can do this offense. This kind of run game. Steelers now have to look at how to take that farther. And this is the point where we're talking about building towards an offense that can be a playoff-caliber offense. Not a Super Bowl-caliber offense. Not in Kenny Pickett's second year. It's too soon. Like, I I know Ben Roethlisberger won a Super Bowl in his second season, but that was an absolutely stellar defense pulling the weight there. That was a run game. And a dominant offensive line pulling the weight there. And And Ben Roethlisberger was really set up for success and just had to make some big plays. And he did give him credit. He's fantastic. He's a hall of famer. He did his part, but his part was not run the offense. that's not that's not the league anymore. That's not this team. But if we're moving towards an offense that can compete in the playoffs, maybe win a playoff game, maybe shock somebody and get a second playoff win or, you know, win, uh, you know, I doubt we'll get a first-round bye anymore with only one going. But say we win a wild-card game and then we win the division round. Make it to a championship game. If we're talking about an offense that can get into that range, because that's the next step up. it's It's got to come with improvements from the quarterback and receivers. We need need better execution. We need these guys to be on the same page. That's your next step of growth. After we start seeing that, we better also see better use of motion and passing. Better use of these run concepts merged into a passing offense. We haven't seen that yet in Matt Canada's defense. Perhaps uh, we did have a rookie quarterback, a rookie wide receiver and a bunch of guys who hadn't run this kind of offense before Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Pat Friermuth. They haven't run an offense like what the chiefs are running. Maybe next year we'll see improvements. In the passing game, if we don't, then then talks of getting rid of Cat Canada are going to really step up and hold credence beyond the usual. We don't like what we're seeing. Fire the offensive coordinator because the reasons that you run more basic stuff will start disappearing. At least they better. The Steelers are moving towards being that kind of offense. They've been moving towards it. It's not a quick move. The personnel changes have been pretty pretty sharp there. But if you look at these games and you go back and you look at what the Steelers are doing on offense, the idea, the coaching, the, the big picture coaching side of it, the offensive direction is going towards what the Eagles, the 49ers, the Chiefs all do. Mobile quarterback, versatile run game, lots of motion and misdirection. That's what this run game was in the second half of the season. And it worked even with the offense, a passing offense that wasn't working. The run game worked. This is an offense that can be a playoff offense. I don't know if Matt Canada can take us and make us can help us. Let me say that again. I don't know if Matt Canada can be the offensive coordinator of a team that challenges for a Super Bowl. I have real, real serious doubts. But we'll see. I do think that he has filled his role here in terms of being the guy who comes into a situation that's not going to be easy to implement this style of offense and implement it anyways. he's done that if they go out and hire an offensive coordinator who is familiar with this type of offense who can pass out of it who can do all the work then they will have a much better place to come into because of the work that has been done while matt canada is here and that makes this job more attractive too when you don't have to come in not knowing who your quarterback's going to be, dealing with an aging veteran who's going to retire soon and isn't really in the best of health. Dealing with an offensive line that you've got to completely rebuild. You know, these these kind of situations that the Steelers were looking at on offense were not good. They're better now. They're not great, but they're significantly better. And I, I think the Steelers are heading in the right direction there, whether they'll make it far enough in that direction to, to be where we want them to be and where they should be in the next year or two. I can't say. But I will say I see the direction they're heading, and I think if you watch that Super Bowl and you look beyond the knee-jerk reaction of we're not happy with how good the Steelers are right now, I think you'll see it too. That's my show for today. Hope you enjoyed it. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure you're checking out behindthesteelcurtain.com and all of our Steel Curtain Network family of podcasts. Check us out on YouTube and on the audio platform. Wherever you're listening to this, you can listen to all the other shows. As always, have a great week and let's go, Steelers.